we're alive, I guess, huh? Yeah, this is it. This is it. All right. The... I would ask, like Funkmaster Flex to drop down the little thing that he does. You know what I mean? Like the little bomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> for podcast. No. <laughs> Girl, we can't go out like that. <laughs> Man, I think that would just make it epic. Just, I don't know. Listen, I think we should totally ask our friends to make us a theme song, and I think they would totally do it for us, and that would be everything. It's either that or I'm going to have to, like, you know, call up Fonte and be like, hey, listen, I just need this amount of it. Let me know. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I know someone who knows him. You know, I feel like, you know, Rod or, you know, Chris Lambert could put us on. I don't know. I'm going I'm to reach to my people what happened. Yeah, have your people call my people. <laughs> so this is um, technically the Cookie and Gooch Show uh, version 1.5. Um, we recorded last week, but that didn't work, which was really funny. And um, lesson learned, don't go to happy hour before you record a podcast. And, uh... Oh, my gosh. It was everything. <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so let's start with our introductions. Gooch, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Gooch. And okay. I do shit. Um, <laughs> Tell people who you are and what you are about, Gooch. I'm Gooch. Um, I feel like I did this last week and now I can't remember who I am this week. Like, I'm having an identity <laughs> crisis this week. It happens once a month where I don't really know who I am and, you know, I have to get in touch with my innermost. And, you know, I have to do, you know, something to get back to myself. I have to go within. So this month, I don't, I don't, or this week, I don't really know who I am or what I'm about. But I'm here, yeah. I'm queer, and I'm not going anywhere. So we're going to well, make this one. Girl, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that, was, that was the worst. Oh, cut, cut, cut. Strike that out. Like, no. Uh-uh, don't, you got that over. Don't stifle me as a creative. <laughs> you don't have to be what you were last week. It's a new week. You should totally be on some new seeds. I just changed my seeds. I mean, I wasn't going to say what I said last week. I wasn't even going to try to remember. Because like, I wasn't even, look. Don't they call that schizophrenic? No, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. I absolutely don't. Well, you're, you're somebody else every day. Isn't that, isn't that a mental health disorder? No, because I just told y'all what my thesis is going to be is stop your mom with a secret. Like, girl, why are you doing like I'm about to pause this. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. I really mm-hmm. like stop mom with a secret. I feel like you could be on Wisteria Lane, you know, sleeping with somebody's husband, you know. No, I wouldn't be sleeping with my husband. I would be totally like a drug dealer 
I'd be a Nancy Botwin. Um, now I would seduce a lot of um, of the college boys coming home from school. I would I would be that that type of mom totally. But um, no 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 not anyone's husband no. You know, over it. Huh? They're 18 and over. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but I can see you being a queen pen. I can see you having, like, okay, I can see this. You will be a, <laughs> a extra-wide queen pen, though. Like, you wouldn't have your people on the block. You would have your people in corporate offices. Like, I I see this. I'm setting up shop, you know. I have a network. All- yeah, and all of corporate America getting it. Totally. I, I'm here for this. Yeah, so I tried out my first um, formation of Soccer Mom with the Secret. I I went commando. That was the secret, and it was awesome. So, yeah, this can totally work. Okay, let's, okay. We have to talk about this. This is now, this is just going to talk a format right now. So, do it, Commando Outdoors. What could possibly happen if you went outside with no drawers on? Okay, so do you remember growing up and your mama tell you, make sure you have on clean socks, make sure you have on clean underwear, no holes in it, just in case you got to mm-hmm. run the room or something, you don't want people talking much. I just feel like, I don't know, I can't not go outside with drawers on. Girl, so let me get this straight. You're not a woman of a certain age, but you have to wear your drawers every day. I don't day wear week. them in the house. I won't wear them in the house, but I can't go outside without drawers on, and I'm not a woman of a certain age. She said, I'm going to the house with drawers, but I don't draw on. I know that's right. Okay, that's I feel like a grandma commandment. It is. You know, you got to have all your stuff. And you gotta <laughs> and you gotta have all your good bra, you know, sitting up to your neck. I just I can't I mm mm. Mm-hmm. I would be afraid. Mm-hmm. I don't want my pants up. What if what? What if my pants rip? See, here's the thing. There's a certain way that you go commando. First and foremost, um I don't go commando in pants because that now that feels weird. I typically, for me personally, how it works, I will be wearing a skirt. Now, will it be just any skirt? It will not be a mini skirt. But will it be a maxi skirt? Absolutely. Kneeling skirt, people skirt? You're damn right. I don't want any panty lines or whatever. And if I have my skirt fits a certain way, I love that look. You know, and no, I don't need underwear. But, you know, definitely, you know, make sure, you know, what time of the month it is when you do it. I mean, that's really your only concern. So what about your booty eating the skirt? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> that's a concern if you have booty meat. Um, but honestly, I mean, there are things you can do. You can watch your diet so that you don't eat certain foods. Um, you could definitely carry some wipes with you and be off your baby wipes, Steve. I mean, it's, it's ways to work. If you really want to do it, it's ways to work through it. But it isn't as... You don't have to use that much brain power to do it like you're like you're giving it right now. You don't need all that energy. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I overanalyze stuff. This is mm, heavy on my spirit. I'm gonna have to really think about this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so 
listen, sometimes I just want a little extra room in my underwear. You know, I just want to breathe. <laughs> and I'm not lying. <laughs> you know, it's like we just can't take it today. Can we get, you know, can we get some space? And so I just, I got to do what I got to do. And that's when the, the bloomers are just clutch. So, girl, okay. That's how you feel, you know. Who am I to knock a plank out of someone else's aisle when I'm planking my own? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not going to come for you in your lunar ministry. And whether you come for me in my commando ministry. Oh, I'm not. I'm going to listen. No. I'm a student in your class. I'm going to learn. Oh, listen. Report back to me. Report back to us. Tell us how it was once you've done it. For sure. Okay. Like, but, you know, that's my – but for the fall, like – my my whole look is going to be soccer mom with the secrets. So I'll be doing various shenanigans all fall long, and um, yeah, it's soccer mom with the secrets. So I don't know what what kind of stuff I can get into, but I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I've already talked to my stylist. We've got my weave picked out. Um, yeah. I just need to pick on what color I'm going to use. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's, I'm really looking forward to the fall. Change. Mm-hmm. Like a, the mini series. I'm I'm waiting. Yes, yes, yes. So okay. <laughs> now that we've got our introductions out of the way, you really ain't say nothing. I'm gonna get on you about that. Um They don't need to oh, know who I am, it's a secret. Nigga no. <laughs> <laughs> so as she's already decipher from our disjointed conversation just now. I'm Cookie, soccer mom with a secret. <clears throat> and I'm here to do hood red shit with my friends because that's what the fuck I'm about. <laughs> yes. So, um, all right. So, Gooch, this is part of the show where we talked about um, how how they got you fucked up. Did anybody get you fucked up this week? And you had to get them together. I'm not even, this week was a good week. I, I didn't have to use my AK. Um mm-hmm. But I'll say this, and I think I think you saw the picture of you know, uh, Catherine, Katie, Dark Susan at work, uh, <laughs> in her kind of wrapped up, taking a nap in her cubicle while she was training. it. sitting here, like, y'all really gonna let this white lady sit? In the middle of the aisle and sleep and just take a quick nap? Like, is that what we're doing? Is that what's hot in the street? Because I promise you, I can't that. I promise you, if I'm away from my desk for more than 15 minutes, y'all checking me to see where I've been at. But it's okay for Dark Susan? She, that We're doing this? Okay. All right. That's Oh, my God. So, really quickly, um, I'm at work today, and I get a little ping. And I look, and it's a notification. So, I, you know, I go open the notification, and I see this lovely middle-aged white woman. Um, she looks like her name could potentially be um, Susan or Liz or <laughs> just think of, yeah, yeah. So she's wrapped up in her scarf, which was paisley, by the way. We did figure out what was on the scarf. Yeah, <laughs> um, she was in Snoozeville, and <laughs> Gooch was like, <laughs> and so I'm sitting up here like, throw something at her. <laughs> so the funny 
parents saying, I don't remember who it was, but they told you to go fart in a cubicle and walk away. And I was like, you totally should do that. Because that's what it's <laughs> <been. laughs> I threw something if I could if I could have gotten away with a silent but deadly one, I totally would have did it. And but the, the other thing is that there was another lady in the cubicle with her that was training her or okay training her, but <laughs> I, I, I would have felt bad for the other lady because like she it's not her fault. Like I, I don't right. want to punish her because you know Susan is over here, girl. Susan. Okay. She had you fucked up because you were steadily working hard in your cubicle, trying to make a dollar out of fifteen cents, and here she is taking a fiesta in the middle of the afternoon. I was chowing down, but she—that's not her business. But you know, I had just walked from the Wawa, you know, the magical place things good, and you know, eateries, and I was—I was eating, and I just happened to look up, and I'm just like, this lady is really sweet. Okay. Mhm. All the way. Nice. Oh, what, did she snore? Was she snoring? No, she's a very silent sleeper. At one point, I was a little afraid. I thought maybe she had killed over, but <laughs> she was <laughs> How messed up would that have been <laughs> if she did pass away silently at her death? Oh, no. And you started throwing stuff at her. <laughs> that would be so sad. And she does. She has health problems. I don't feel bad. But no, the tea. The tea was because okay, she's a bitch, right? Mhm. And she got like a little messed up leg, and she got this hacking cough. Cause I don't know what <laughs> she needs to lay. I don't know if it's cigars or what. She needs to lay off of them. But she got this real nasty, let me cough. Cigars. Oh, you know she walk. She walked like she was a pump. Um. But the tea going around the water cooler is that after lunch, she popped two Xanax. <laughs> oh. So, you know, maybe that was her, you know, her dessert had Let me set tell in. You something. I could totally be your office supplier, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now she popped two Xanax after work. That's the one. So, because my, um, my cousin told me this story about a lady she worked with. She was addicted to prescription um, drugs. So uh-huh. she was taking them all throughout the day, and she'd be uh-huh. at work fucking zooted. So she said one day the lady gets in her car and is driving to lunch and drives her car through the Wendy's, oh like God. literally through the Wendy's. She blacked out behind the wheel. So, of course, they come, the police come, and the EMTs come, and they're working on her, triaging her. And, of course, they take a blood sample. <laughs> and, it, and, of that, course, she's white girl wasted. I was like, my gosh. And so it was terrible. She didn't kill anyone, thankfully, but I think due to her substance abuse, you know, the levels of intoxication, all that stuff, she did lose her job, and it was a mess, a huge mess, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just, like, this month, or actually between the beginning of this month and last month, my company um, has let a lot of people go. And so far, two of the people, one person got let go because she is a little lush on the job. Let her. And then we had a real-life Joanna scam. Well, we had two Joanna scammers. And so 
supervisor. <laughs> Mugshot is circulating around the office. And, <laughs> and then the other one was the SVP was uh, uh, taking the checks. And I'm just oh. like, how? Where, where are the checks and balances? Like, how, how are you taking checks? Like, wait a minute. If you take a check. Oh, no. He's a signer check. So, like, if I go and I request a check, so, because I have to, you know, say uh, a client funded a loan and now uh, it, it unfunded. And so they want whatever right. money to put toward that loan back. So I have right. to, you know, request a check to have sent back to them. So I don't know if she was like, duplicating the checks, like one for me, one for you, or if she was just writing out checks to herself. But I, I don't know. But you know what? It's, it's, it's always the Joey and the scammer, and it's like you just got to look at them like, seriously, why did like why did you think this would work? Because it, it, it happens, especially, you know, people who are responsible for making purchases in the office. They do all kinds of stuff. And it's like, like, why did you think you, no one would notice? Anyway, that's how they got you fucked up. Take <laughs> too many supplies. Like, how you just think you can get away with chance? Some things it's not worth the risk, but that's 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 sad. Personally, I mean it's 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 you know what it's really interesting to watch. Usually when that kind of stuff happens, but at the same time, it's like you knew better. I don't know. It's hard to explain it. It's really hard to explain it. But um, yeah, you see that, and it's like you really had the game fucked up. So nobody really got me fucked up this week, but I will talk about how I almost got that little boy fucked up last week because he walked up on my porch and stole my daughter's bike. Right. And I ended up having to chase him through the damn neighborhood and get her bike back. <laughs> and the key key was I didn't realize that he was, like, in middle school. So from far away, he looked like, you know, like maybe he's about um. 15, 16, I'm like, okay, here in my weight class, I might get to hand out some work today. I just might. But uh, he ran, and I chased him, and then I realized that I'm in my work clothes and heels, and I need to stop. So, <laughs> I, you know, I I, I regrouped <laughs> after my, my out-of-body experience, and um, I ended up getting the bike back, so all is well. But, um, yeah, you know, it just, it's it really pissed me off because, you know, growing up, if I came home with something that didn't belong to me, first and foremost, my parents would have noticed. Absolutely. And the first thing out of their mouth, the first thing out of their mouth would have been, where did you get that from? And the second thing would have been, take it back to where you got it from. Right. And that was something I that. For you. But, and I know other people buy for you, and this ain't it. So where did you get it from? Exactly. And there's also, too, I'm sitting here looking at this little boy because after I did. My detective work, my sister had to call me talking about girls. My niece called talking about you're going tagging and lacing on the kids at the playground over a bike. I was like, yes, girl, I'm turning it out. And so, um, you know, it just, it just, it was frustrating. It was a waste, like, it's like you're wasting my time. You're being a punk about it because you're running. And then after I tracked you down because I wasn't going to let it go, I now I know where your grandma lives. And I only don't know where your grandma lives. I know what your cousins look like. Right. I know what age they are. Like, I, like if I really wanted to do something to you, I could do a lot of harm to these people until I get my hands on you. And I was like, and you're really 
out here doing this kind of stuff over a bike. Now, imagine it was something else. Right. Hopefully this will be the lesson that turns in the right path because, like, yeah, it can get real when you do stuff out here. Somebody will come back for you, like, don't do it. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, what did you think you were going to take something off my porch? And I, like, and I was just, what, just let it happen? I don't understand. Yeah. You got a school to use. I did. And, you know, I was mad at his grandmother because, you know, she was really trying to stand out there. Like, his grandmother was a smooth 10 years older than me. She said, we buy 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so that put her at a smooth 47. Like, lady, you're not even 50, and this is your grandson. But what mm-hmm. have you, no judgment here, whatever, it happens. And so I was just looking at her like, girl, you know better. You know he's, like, you didn't buy this for him. You know, and you know that this little lie he's talking about, his friend gave it to him, is it, paper thin. I don't want to hear any of this mess. I want my shit back. Right. And I told her that. I was like, I'm just here to get um my daughter's bike back. So and look, I was how like, mm-hmm. did you feel the next day after you pulled a Serena and ran? Girl, <laughs> I was fine because, you know, surprisingly, the next day I went to my 20th high school reunion. Mm-hmm. I was fine, girl. I had a good old time. I was fine. You know, that's another thing. I don't work out like I used to, but I still I still got it. Listen, <laughs> I have to kick my shoes off and hop a fence. It could happen. And that's all I need to know. That's all. I, that's all I need. That's all I need to know. If I ever had to really do it, I could. That's all. But other than that, I'm. I'm one chill. I preserve. I'm. I'm, I'm relaxed. So. You can do it. I, I would be laid out in the floor, panting. It was really day. adrenaline because if I, because it was so funny because I was talking to my friend afterward and he was like, so when you, so if you caught him, what was you gonna do? I was like, nigga, I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't think that far. All I know is he ran from me. And I was like, oh, hell no. Right. He violated me. I'm just trying to get retribution. <laughs> I didn't well, my- me off when he ran because I was like, oh, hey, you a punk ass? Oh, hell no. <laughs> You're not even bold enough to be like, yeah, I stole your shit. Like, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> I was ready. I knew it hard to do. I had some action like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, like, I listen, and I have been—I have not gotten into a fight since the '90s. Clear, uh-huh. twenty, a smooth twenty years ago. But I was ready that day. Right. I was like, oh no! If I have to do this, I have to tussle with this child out here and get my baby bike back. That's exactly what's going to happen. I didn't care. All right, gangster. Listen, but him and his little friends ain't been on this side of the street since, because they know. I was like, come back over here again. And take some because the last time one of them did something and they got beat up by one of the parents over here, he told, Don't come past these feet, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> one of the little boys, he was in high school, showing himself, he was thought he was gonna come at a dad. But I just sat and watched, like, mm, wear him out, right? You're gonna lie, terrible one way or another. I don't know, it's terrible. These children today, they really do, they really jump out the window. And then they just be so weak about it, though. Afterward, it's like, why are you crying? Why are no, you running? You <laughs> asked for more this. Now. You asked yeah. for this. You did not. You did not. You didn't think this through. You didn't think that somebody really would come looking for you. You just stole something. Somebody would come looking for you. I don't understand. Does that matter? Right. You stole from somebody who lives around the corner from you. Like word wasn't going to get back. 
<laughs> that little boy riding, riding around with a bike that say Glamour Girl. Come on now. Don't do it. <laughs> That's his bike. You can't tell him it's not. Listen, I said, so you, I was so you a Glamour Girl? That's you? <laughs> riding around that purple-ass girl bike. I was like, you little it's a child left behind. It's sad. But anyway, hopefully he learned and he don't fuck his life up. I mean, if he do, I still don't care as long as he don't come and take my shit again. I don't want to beat his ass. That's all I'm going to I think you steered him straight. I think you set him on a straight and narrow. He's probably going to become a pastor. I, I believe in him. <laughs> no, he's not. He's going to do something else. He's going to turn up and he's really going to get in trouble. And it's going to be a crying shame. Because his grandma was trying to make excuses for him. And I was like, lady... Stop smoking with cigarettes. Let this little this little nigga right here <laughs> face the consequences of his actions. Like you see, he may mess up a few times, but by the time he hits thirty, he's gonna have like his fifth baby, his third baby mama, and he's gonna be a pastor. He's gonna be. Ministering. I'm not even gonna entertain. I'm telling you. Right you. now. <laughs> that's, that's this man's testimony. I'm telling you. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Hell no. I'm not here for this. I'm not. No. Mm-mm. No. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> did you watch Greenleaf, honey? I did watch Greenleaf. Girl. I'm all caught up. I've watched Greenleaf. Let me tell you something. What's the youngest daughter's name? Patricia? Carrie. Whatever. <laughs> I cackled when she stood up at that dinner table talking about how come no one told me I could have told and her brother looked her dead her face and was like how and I so and I, I was like, like exactly I was like no one believes you boo boo no. I mean so I kind of understand where she was coming from because mm-hmm. you know this conversation last week and how, you know, she's just trying to find her her place in the family. And, but when she told her mother, mm. you know, what, where was I? Where were you? Ooh. And yes, ma'am, you better she serve, did. you better serve it to her because where were you? You so busy out here uh, hating on Grace. I just don't understand this relationship. I don't know first ladies real name in the show. I'm going to call the first lady. I think that's where everybody call it anyway. But I, I just don't understand the hate is so real between her and this and, and Grace. And I don't know why. I do not. Because she, Grace has her father's favor and she feels um, threatened by it and she might it might make her react competitively. Um, she's <laughs> all, always said like if you keep listening to her, she's going to drag you down the wrong path. So but also, too, um, I can't really pin it with the first lady, with her. Um, I think Liz Whitfield, her acting is wonderful. She's nailing it, you know, every week. She's snatched. She's serving Sunday realness, and she's giving you a little bit of edge with the zipper and leather piping. Um, so feel that. But <laughs> I think that what she's really trying to do, ultimately, her motive is to protect the church and the family's reputation. Above all That's else. Important. So she's not here for Grace's meddling and stirring the pot. But that, and that bothers me because to me, she puts the church and the appearance of them above 
their her family's well being. And even though she knows now that her that her brother molested or raped her daughter and all these other girls, she still only cares about what Grace is doing and how the family looks. Well, and I don't. I think, I think she's made her. Mm-hmm. I think she's mm-hmm. made her bones. I think she's made her bones with, with with her life. Like, yeah, like this is it. This house got to be. Um, I think she's just in that um, mode of duty that a lot of women find themselves in, where they have to keep everything together, and that mm-hmm. includes burying crisis and burying secrets. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're dying inside. Uh uh. Mm-hmm. No, and I don't like how to turn the pastor or the bishop against Grace. I don't see it. Shit. Nah, I'm putting it out. Oh. <laughs> I said, shit, I can't talk and do this at the same time. But, um, no, no, no. I. So, my thing is, and I'm really trying to understand now. What <laughs> what is um what did the bishop want to talk to the brother about when he was like, you know, just give me five minutes when that whole situation was going down after he shot him? Because all I and know is the thing. But I thought it had something to do with how he framed the first lady and the um the scholarship funds and all that. But honestly, I think it has something to do with the taxes because remember we're being oh. and then the pat the the bishop they asked to see the bishop twos. I feel like maybe he forged some W twos, and so that's how he's on bringing everyone down. Oh, or through the payoff, if they see where the money came from, and that he probably used their account to pay for the money. So he adhered to the law first and foremost with that money. No, wait, 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 wait. He was using the, the first lady's scholarship fund as payoff. To pay the girls. Mm-hmm. Pay the girls off. Um, mm-hmm. He did something to the taxes, I think. Right. I think, But I think they were already doing something shady already, like the love right. offering. They were like, okay, well, what is this pastor's love offering when the auditor caught him up? Like, no, you have to report those two. And then all of a sudden it's like that. I think it's part of that. But also, they can't afford to get an investigation because they've done some things somewhere along the way. Right. It's something. And I think that, more, okay, so here's, here's my theory. In the parents' mind, whatever it was that they've done with the mom, first lady, pastor, and uncle, whatever it was that they did, they did that. And to them, it's more important to that not to the lie today as opposed to the uncle's mis- mishaps. And I think also that the first lady, she was hiding it, but I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know if she, I don't know if I believe she didn't know or if she really needed to really like talk to him to be like convince me you didn't do this. I think she knew. I think uh-huh. she knew, and I think she knows. He picked up some of those behaviors from their dad after seeing him last week and the way he acted and pulled me forward. It's something. Yeah, because you know my whole theory. You know that I feel like um, the – so first let me say she probably did know, but she was being willfully ignorant 
um, or not willfully ignorant, just refusing to believe it. Um, but I believe my theory is that the brother uh, is very much so like the father. And I believe the father either raped or molested the first lady. <clears throat> Mm. I feel it. I see it. I just... It's something. It is... There's still so many secrets. So, okay, now, what did you think about... Um, who's the guy who slept with Grace, who had the Beyonce? Yeah, okay. So... Eric he... <laughs> she looks like... A, 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 just a... Just a a poor man's Eric Benet. Like, if Eric Benet never married Halle Berry and got that divorce settlement, this is what he would look like. This is what he'd be doing. He'd be a security guard. And um, so the fiancé, when she was leaving, she was just like, I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to clear my head. You know, basically she's saying she's going to go exhale somewhere. And then she was like, but if you want to talk about this, I'll listen, because she didn't want to give up on what they had. Feel like um, that if she has to do all that, they shouldn't get married. I feel that she had intentions on leaving. Um, I feel that her mom maybe R. Kelly the situation and was like, "Hey, girl, this is these are the green leaves. They're a very prestigious family in Memphis." And basically, you're able to hobnob with pretty much anybody if you're connected to the Greenleaf. I believe her mom got into her head and talked her you into said, going. You said that, that her mom, R. Kelly, the situation. I just want to be clear that that's what you said. Yeah, okay. you know, because you know the lady with. Okay, so you remember R. Kelly and the little girl, and how the little girl mama was like involved in it and took yeah. like money. So I feel like her mama did that and was like, so, you come up the, um, <clears throat> similar to the nurse, I mean, not the nurse, the secretary whose daughter got a cosmetology scholarship? Yes. I, and, you know, that's the sad part. I don't know. Um, I, I can see that. I can see her maybe um, wanting to hold on because of that. And if that's the case, it's like you don't even love him anyway, so why are you even fronting like you're upset that he slept with Grace? You just want to marry because you want the you want proximity to the power. Maybe she did love him, but you know, there are just some people who are like, This is better than nothing and you know, by me staying in this, I'm connected to these people and this is going this is going to, you know, push me further in life. So yeah, hey, he sucks, he cheated on me. I can get past that. I can look past that. I'm walking into all of this type thing. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. I don't know. People do some things for money. And for <laughs> Look at YouTube. I mean, listen, girl, not, let's not look at But um, <laughs> No, because if you think about that in contrast to what, um, it's saying Joseph, Jacob. Jacob's wife, where she was talking to her brother-in-law saying, can you believe that my dad, you know, I was getting a degree from Stoneman and I did this and I did that, and my dad told me I had to step up my game on the land of Greenleaf, and I just thought this family was so special, and now I'm in it, and look at all this mess. 
Right. So I think, you know, you look at that in contrast, I think that would be an interesting parallel kind of also to remember how she was treating her <clears throat> about those test scores. Um, she was mm-hmm. very nasty to her. But it's like, you know, she sucked it up because she was yeah. like, okay, I have to be here because this is like one of the best schools that's, you know, prestigious proximity and giving me access, things like that. So okay. I kind of wonder if, yeah, if that those are her motives for being there and for considering yeah. you know, whatever he has to say. I thought it was telling, though, but it did seem like initially when we first met them from the first episode that she was, um, she did send some hesitancy or reservation on his part because I think he does still hold a torch for grace. And she mm-hmm. sensed that. And so you can, it just seemed like she was really throwing herself into the relationship and he was just letting her because he wasn't, you know, I don't know. I I think he's conflicted as well. Yeah. Which is why, he, you know, he was able to speak with her again, but it just didn't, I don't know. I, I, I agree with what she told him when she said, um, when she told him to figure out if you want her, if you want me, and don't tell me that you don't want her because you don't know. I believe her when she said, or I agree with her when she said, you're not in love with Grace, you're in love with the past, and you need to let that go. I feel yeah. I feel, I feel, feel that. Um, I don't think he's in love with Grace. I think he's in love with the idea of being with Grace or being with the Grace that was in the past. Because so that's that part of him yeah. that didn't complete their romance still probably, right. you know, he wants to extend or what, just bring it to a, a real close. But no, whatever, it, I feel like whatever it is between him and Grace, it is superficial. Yeah. At this point, like they've grown a lot. A lot of time has passed. She's had a child and, you know, has had her own experiences. So she's definitely a different person. Mm-hmm. So she isn't who she used to be and neither is he. And it, I, it's easy for people to get caught up in that, so I, I would, I could see them getting caught up in that or going in that direction with it. But it's, of course, you know, it's not going to end well. <clears throat> but I, you know, again, I'm just glad that Grace isn't sleeping with him. I'm just, I don't know. Like I said, Grace has a long ass face, and I'm just, I can't <laughs> deal with it. I can't deal with her. But um, I thought it was interesting when her husband, her, you know, her baby daddy showed up. I couldn't deal without that. I girl, no, it makes sense. Okay, so this is what I like. I like the fact that they did include the kids in the whole Uncle Max situation. Because yeah. now these kids are like, wait a minute, y'all knew this nigga was a perv this whole time, like he done raped our aunt and she committed suicide and all these other people and you had us around him. Like, come on, mom and dad, like everybody's reckless. And <laughs> I, I really like how they, you know, now that the parents are really, like, sitting down, like, oh, damn, like, we have to talk to um, their daughter. <clears throat> I was, like, waiting for Jacob to back in his door because she was doing too much, but whatever. She's 16, what have you. Um, no, I just thought it was interesting. Now they're all, like, oh, what about the children? We have to check in with them and see how, you know, they were or if he did anything to them. And it was just, like, you know what? You guys should have been paying attention to them all along, but... <clears throat> I don't know. It's just I'm I'm kind of glad that they're bringing in that perspective, and I totally understand why the daughter called her father. She was like, "I need to process this." Like, my mother brought me here, and this man did this stuff, and she knew about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I understand how they would probably feel some kind of way, or feel um, like they were 
they were put in danger or in harm's way by, you know, especially by their parents, by people who were supposed to protect them. Right, right. And I still, I, I could feel the father. Like, I didn't, I didn't like of the show. Like, it, I don't know, it was boring to me. But I can understand his uh, his being upset about it because you did have my child around a sexual predator. You did not let her know. Damn sure didn't let me know. And that's a violation of us co-parenting. And so mm-hmm. I, I get that. I do get that. But I don't and know. And she took her across state lines. Right. Like, don't take my kid from me. That, uh, girl. Mm-hmm. That, that's, girl. Okay. <laughs> I listen, you better try to take my kids from me. I'll fight you. I'm gonna just gonna have not without my daughter. She's exactly. Valley Fields. Okay, girl. Look. <laughs> okay. So uh mm. No, I I I kinda I did, I mean, I could have done without a lot of it, a lot of the dialogues with the kids because they were just so bratty. But at the same time I thought that it was good that they showed their vulnerability. Um, they showed that even though they are out there experimenting and trying things, that they are still at the end of the day children and still need their parents. And yeah. what do you do as a child if <clears throat> you trust that your parents are going to protect you and all the while they've had you in harm's way? Right. It's been in the process. So um, I'm, and I really don't understand Grace's logic for all of that. You know, um, like what she was, I, I kind of don't either, but. It's a, <laughs> it's a clusterfuck. Yes. It is. It's a man that's clusterfuck. You're absolutely right. That's no other way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where's Oprah? How come they haven't showed her? Um, that she <clears throat> So when Grace was looking at photos of Sophia, um, she was text. She called her. Grace ignored it, and then she texted her and said, I heard what happened to Matt. When do we celebrate? So uh, I, uh, I'm ready to see uh, Oprah and First Lady get into it. Oh, ooh, girl. What would I'm they ready say? I'm home to be thrown from the closet. Ooh. Because okay. it's family and secret. There is a big secret because Oprah is the secular one of the bunch. And then you have Mac and you have First Lady because they're all sisters and brothers. You have Mac and you have First Lady who are dignified and within this Greenleaf community. And, you know, Oprah's out here with the bar. And, you know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. there's something happened that happened that turned Oprah away from from the church. It has to be. The main Definitely. First Lady. Maybe First Lady wasn't the one who got assaulted. Maybe it was Oprah. Oh, and First Lady didn't do anything about it to protect her, or I don't know. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they had a falling out, or maybe, maybe she did say something, but maybe at a later time, and Oprah was like, "You weren't there when it was happening." Like I just see a whole bunch of things that could be the reason why. A whole but bunch I, of things. I feel like it has something to do with sexual assault on the dad's side. Interesting. And remember, he said to the uh, first lady, she was, he called after he cursed her out. He was like, you ain't mine, no way. You're light-skinned whore. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. 
<laughs> uncalled for. I'd have been like, you know what? Right then and there, I'd have squared up with that old man. <laughs> and he has a gambling problem. He does. And I'd be like, if you come back here looking for money again, I'd be like, I'm going to call the loan sharks myself. <laughs> but that was, you know, that was that was sad how the father, you know, he had, he still had sway over the son. Like, give me money. Like, I want to do it. You know, you're going to do it. Just give it to me. I was like, that's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was interesting. You know, uh, that was, that was an insightful dynamic, I think, but it doesn't really, um, it still doesn't shed full light on the, on the puzzle. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it was like another piece to it, like their dynamic and, but also why the brother feels, the way he's like his sister is all he's got. Like yeah. he does, like if she cut him off, he would be lost. You know what yeah, I mean? Like he's very dependent on her. He won't have anything. His their mother died. Oprah don't fuck with him. And then you got your drunk ass, gambling ass, rady ass daddy. <laughs> true, true, true. He doesn't. And then of course <clears throat> She does afford him a very nice lifestyle. Exactly. So yeah, that's another dynamic. Um, I think is really interesting, and um, I, I think the way the more that it plays out, um, I don't think we're going to get an answer to all the secrets this season. No, I, I don't think. think so. Yeah, I think we'll find out more next season, but I think um, we're still going to get. They're still going to drop bombs on. Um, on on us, but the other thing, the the baby sister and her husband, she she's so draining, and it's sad because she really does have her shining moments. We're like, okay, sis, you really came through, like when she read her mama. But then, and then when you know she was kind of arguing with Grace, like, girl, why didn't you say something? And she was just going on and on and on. I guess when they found out that the wedding was called off, and those people were sitting in the living room, um, his friends from school. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, uncle just been shot. Um, what else had, had happened? Dad got arrested. I called 911. Like, girl, I don't have time to explain any of this to you. And it was just like, girl, the way she acts is really why no one tells her anything. This is, but okay. So it's, it's like in, a vicious cycle. <laughs> in, in, her defense, in her defense, it's not, it, I don't, it's not the situations themselves. It's the fact that She's always the last person to know anything and is inconsiderate on the family's part. They do not consider her when it comes to anything in that family. She feels like the black sheep. She feels like the loner. They don't feel like she can make decisions on her own. They they wouldn't even they barely let her be in charge of the music, you know, and, and who to hire. So it's the fact that they don't tell her anything. They don't share anything with her. It, 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 you would get sick of that, not, never knowing what's going on. You're always the last person to know that your daddy got arrested. <laughs> right. But, that's why I was like, it's a vicious cycle. It's because right. I, I understand where she's coming from. I totally get, you know, how she feels. And it's like, yes, girl, you, you, you know, you're right to be piping up. But at the same time, it's just like, girl, no one has time for this because right. you're just going to be like, you're like, like who? Like everyone's still trying to kind of decompress and process what happened. Like Grace, you know, in her defense, she's like, "I just called nine one one on my dad because he just shot my uncle because he knows that he's a racist." Like, <laughs> like it's a lot to unpack, girl. I don't have time to go into this right out the gate. 
I have to go talk to my child because now her father's here. He might snatch her away. Like, like Grace, like, I don't have time for it. So it's like yeah. I, it is a vicious cycle with her because her timing is poor. Yeah. She learned how, how to, uh, I guess, pick her battles and express her feelings after the fact. Like, okay, I'm going to let y'all handle this. I'm going to let y'all finish. But once y'all do, y'all need to know how y'all fucked me up. Like, how y'all, like, y'all got to stop doing this. It's not okay. Right. Oh, definitely. But also, too, she has to learn timing. And right. that, you know, also, too, I think she should she should totally assert herself and take her place as the head of the choir ministry. Like, listen, I'm taking over this ministry. I'm not asking. I'm doing it. I will make the decision on who's hiring. I'm not going to come ask you. And you're mm-hmm. going to give it to me. And it's like that's, you know, something that that's why I, it's, until she does that, she's always going to be in that position. Right. And, yeah, and I think she, but she does have some naivety about her. She does seem a little immature, um, how she just, you know, is now trying to put the onus of her husband coming out of the closet on him when girls, like, you see, he's in there, girl, just go in there and open the door and tell him he can come out. Like, I don't I don't understand why he's got to sleep on the couch. I don't get it. And, and also, he off that whole phone situation, like, Nigga, don't try to offer up the phone now after you done deleted everything. But I still would have took the phone because you can delete you can delete the app off your phone, but guess what? It's still in your Google Play Store, okay? Don't Ooh. don't do it. She said <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's like she knows. And I I I, I feel like I know she knows. She's always mm-hmm. known. Everybody knows. Every- Everybody. So <laughs> it's, it's just like, girl, like, what are you doing? And it's like, you, these are the, the decisions you make, but yet you're still questioning why no one tells you anything. Clearly right. you don't, you like, you like being in, you like being in the dark because you're right. really in the dark about his sexuality, honey, and it's not even cute. Willfully. Mm-hmm. Like, you like being in the dark, apparently. Like, that's your favorite place to be because... <laughs> How you, you can't even process, you know, what's going on in your marriage, but you want to process everything else. No, honey, no. Let the let the big kids handle this one. Because you know that's you know I I feel like Grace hurt. She's there to avenge her sister. She mm-hmm. is. And um, Jacob, interesting. I think he is at a crossroads now that he's been sat down. Yeah. That you know he was like he fell in line. He did what he was supposed to do. But I don't know if he's going to take responsibility for his own actions that led him to be, to be sat down. Like he was carrying on, also, just flagrantly. We go, yeah. you know, with your with your boo, your mistress in the chapel. Like, come on now, come on now. You yeah, you, you have to, you know, be responsible and grow up. You can't be doing that. He's not going to. He's not going to. And that's because I feel like okay. So how how first lady, uh, her relationship with Grace is not so well, I peep that with the pastor, too, um, that he just really don't see it for Jacob. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think Jacob's going to be preaching anytime soon, not unless no. something happens pastor, and even then he'll probably have Grace do it. But I don't think Jacob is just calling it to be a pastor. No, it's not. I think he should have totally done something else with his life, but he went into the family business, and that's why he treated it the way that he did. His heart isn't really into that. 
That's no. what he was raised to do and raised to believe. It isn't who he is. No, it's all about the appearance. Mhm, mhm. And his wife, you know, she didn't she didn't bother me so much this week. No, she was decent. She was decent. She was. She was. It's just you know she before she I don't know she was just so shrill and heartless and it was like this you need to leave or just readjust yourself like just because all all she was doing too much I was like wow yeah I, I still I still haven't gotten over it. that part with their little threesome I was just like she's willing to sleep with this man so you can have a shot. And even though she really, that was a low dig when she was like, we don't know how long you're going to be sat down. So this is your opportunity. You might as well do something because you can't do much else. And it was very backhanded how she justified yeah. having that threesome. <laughs> that was very backhanded how she laid that down on him. Like, mm, like if you like. You aren't even qualified to stop shells at Walmart, so let's just go ahead and just do this threesome. Let's just get this out the way. Let's just let me just swap and get a new dick. You just you get pussy all the time, nigga. Like just go ahead, like fine. <laughs> like how's this different from any other time? <laughs> yeah. I think she just get back at him at any means necessary. I think she was being very spiteful in that moment, yeah. but he deserved it too because he was he was doing his thing. He he neglected her, you know. He right. didn't try to work it out with her whatever it was that they were lacking, he didn't come to her. So that's where they found themselves. Yeah. I hope they work it out, though. I hope they get back. Like, they seem like they're doing good now. I hope it stays good. Yeah, I think they've, they've decided, like, you know, they're going to buckle down and weather the storm together. They're better together than apart, you know. Yeah. So I think, um, but so far, like I said, I really like this show. I'm entertained. Um, I'm waiting for Queen Sugar to come. And okay. yeah. I'm here for all of this, all this beautiful every blackness time, on my television. Every time I see a trailer, I get so caught up in it. It is so, oh, it is just so breathtaking. It's just, it looks so well put together. I know it's well put together because it's Ava DuVernay, so I'm, I'm not even stressed about if it's going to be good. Like, it's, it's, it just looks beautifully put together, and... I'm excited to see how it's going to turn out. Yeah, and I'm trying to, like, piece the story together, too, from the trailer that I've seen. But also, at the same time, I want it to unfold. But it, um, they look like they have some very well-written characters, very defined um, roles for the actors, which is really good. The only thing that I'm not here for, I'm not here for Tara scowling all up and down my TV. I like I, I I put up with her during True Blood, but I need her to be happy. Like, come on, guys! Like, Tara's got to be. Rutina Wesley, she's gonna be. <laughs> she's one of the daughters. True Blood, huh? I've never seen True Blood. Oh my God! <laughs> she's horrible. So I stayed away from it. You thought it was horrible. You heard it was horrible. Well, I heard it was a horrible show, so I was like, I'm, I don't need to watch that. You know what? The first three seasons were pretty entertaining, and then it 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 stayed on too long. But it wasn't <laughs> a horrible show. It wasn't horrible. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you never watched you, but you are no. a grandma. No, I just, I just didn't. I didn't mm-mm. If you tell me it's horrible, then it's horrible. I don't need to see it. 
Oh no. You have to you have to get out of that. You have to watch it for yourself. No. <laughs> Whoever did that, they were trying to set you up. They're not your friends. Think really deep about no, who told it, that to you. It wasn't because a lot of people were like, yeah, you got to watch it. But then I heard a lot of people whom I trust that were just like, mm-mm, don't do it, girl. Don't waste I don't know who these people are, but I feel like they did you a disservice. Because now I'm trying to relate to you about Queen Sugar and how Regina Wesley always has a scowl on her face and I'm, you know, drawing parallel between her character and Tara and then you don't even understand what I'm talking about. And it's this is disheartening. Uh, it's this is an awful moment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my wish for the show is to not see her scowling every week, like girl. Because she is so angry and true blood. But, I mean, hopefully this time around she's fierce with it and she's ready to, you know, fight the good fight for her family. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to be good. Very. So, um, okay. Let's see. Do you have something inspirational or a life tip today? Yeah. I went to a um, – so I've been um, – debating whether I'm going to go to a chiropractor or not. But anyway, that's besides the point. They've had, in my research, I've been looking at different chiropractors. They actually had a chiropractor come to my job to do a workshop, but he didn't do it on the spine and the nervous system. He actually did it on gut health, which is Mm. another issue that I have. Um, And so he went over some things about how your gut has it plays a big part on your mental health as well. They're they're connected, and if you're not doing well in your stomach and in your gut, gut meaning large, small intestines, colon, if that's not functioning well, then mentally you're not functioning well either, and that is why you're fatigued. And this this is uh, it's also been linked to uh, depression and anxiety. Um, so uh, he talked about. Um, just how many times you should have movements per day in your bowels and uh, things that affect your bowels that I didn't know, such as antibacterial products. And he was saying how a lot of people think that, you know, it's fine, you're putting it on your hands and you're killing the germs and you're good to go. And he's like, no, actually, you're putting that antibacterial product on your hand and it's being absorbed into your skin. And it's going into your stomach and it's actually throwing off the flora of your stomach. Um, and he said that the he flora really. The the bacteria that's already there. Right. right. So uh, he's saying that you really don't need uh, antibacterial products that soak up, you know, warm water and soap is fine. Um, and he's saying that, you know, lay off of the soy products lay off of mm. peanut butter because it has mold in it. Um, you just lay off. He was he gave so much good insight. Um, and so I'm trying to incorporate these things into my life to get my stomach in, in order and intact. Um, he advised us to take uh, probiotics every night. He advised us to incorporate more ginger and turmeric into our diet. Of course, it's more water, um, just a diet rich in uh, vegetables first and then fruit um, because you don't want too much sugar because that will also throw off the flora. Um, 
and also to lay off of the dairy products because that causes mucus in your body. Um, yeah, and so I just I, I found it really um, I don't know it was just interesting. So just take some of this advice and just you know get your stomach together. If you like me, you know it's hard to relax your stomach muscles. You know get that get that gunk out of there. Uh, he's a big proponent on not taking laxatives. I don't know if I told you, but I have issues where I can't go to the bathroom and it's long periods of time. And I went to the doctor and uh, she prescribed me laxatives to take every single day. And he's like, he just he doesn't recommend that. He doesn't understand why doctors are starting to do that now because what happens is when you when you start taking laxatives, your um, your bowels or your your gut relies on that, and so it stops functioning on its own. Right. And so, okay. right. So he's like, nope. Just you know, if you take your probiotics, if you drink your water, if you eat like you're supposed to, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna be good. Um, and he also said that a lot of people don't realize that chiropractors, yes, they do adjustments on your spine, but they also work with the nervous system, and a lot of the things that they do can actually help other parts of your body. So it's not just him going in there and cracking your neck or cracking your back, and, you you know, you're going to be out. He he'll, he can do things that can actually get you together all the way. So let's see your chiropractor. If you got insurance, if you if you saw Obamacare, <laughs> use your Obamacare. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of them. It would be good to, it'd be wise, you know, to definitely Google uh, vegetables that are good for digestion. I know ginger definitely is good for for digestion. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think beets. I know it's good for like your liver and your um, kidneys because the dye in it, you know, they something in it is good for you, especially when you eat it and it gets into your body. Um, so that would be great, you know, to definitely um, Google that information. And chiropractors, I've been to one before, but mm-hmm. I do know I have more friends who, you know, when we have these conversations, they do talk about going to the chiropractor, especially um, going to get adjustments and alignments, just, you know, to kind of help them with their sinuses um, and things mm-hmm. like that, especially if they have ear, nose, and throat issues. So yeah. because naturally all that's connected, um, going and getting your, your neck aligned can really help you with, with a lot of that stuff. So I, it's a lot of interesting information out there about what a chiropractor can do, but definitely um, that's one of the things, you know, taking care of your stomach, your intestines um, is very important to having really good health. So I mean, that's yeah. true. This is really good. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. So I'm definitely going to um, probably do a follow-up with him because he came to my job. So I'm going to do a follow-up with him and go and talk to him more at his office. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, very good. You did talk about that, and you went, and I'm glad you got some good information from that. Mm-hmm. that you. I, my, my view <laughs> was that people get stuck, you know, in the in the cycle of going to a chiropractor. You know, you're going to get your adjustments every week. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be coming to see you forever. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. that so I I'll, I'll go see him and see what's going on. <laughs> All right, let us know how to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that we have anything um inspirational per se. Um normally I do like to have a little piece of inspiring um 
something to inspire the masses, but I don't have anything today. But I will say, I will talk about getting something together, you know, definitely okay. getting something together. So I would challenge people to get it together as far as learning about intersectionality and what intersectionality is. Um, yes. I've been reading a lot of articles as, you know, the times are in. Um, we're the blackest times that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah. Where everybody is awakening in their African Americanness and it's a beautiful thing to see. And right. I'm, I'm here for all of this. And one of the things is that now that people are becoming more woke, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do people really understand the concept of intersectionality? Because you see a lot of these memes saying, oh, you're mad about this, but it's only a distraction, so you don't worry about that. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, we are capable of, you know, holding more than one thought at a time. Right. So the beauty of intersectionality is is that, um, and I'll start with an example, we have the issue of Black Lives Matter. We have the issue of police brutality where mm-hmm. you see that as a community, African-Americans are concerned with stopping, you know, state-sanctioned police violence against um, innocent citizens in, mm-hmm. um, in African-American communities and cities and areas. But one of the things that um, I found interesting is I was reading an article, and it was pretty much um, about an activist who was, she hung a sign on the highway, and it was, blasting black men for not fighting for black women and black lives matter. Yes. And it's interesting because history repeats itself and something similar happened back in the 70s in the Black Panther Party because a lot of black women felt they were not being heard, that they were, you know, putting their life on the line for this movement and, you know, fighting, you know, side by side with black men, you know, to you know, essentially start a revolution where they will be free, but in the same time, within the ranks amongst this organization, I could potentially be sexually assaulted or um, harmed by another black man. Right. Okay. And let's be clear, when we're talking about black men, we're talking about cisgender straight men. Yes. <laughs> Use your Tumblr words, honey. Cisgender straight men. Yes, yes. Heterosexual men. Men who identify as men. And have sex with women, yes, all of that. So basically, I thought that, you know, this is a conversation that definitely needs to be had. I know that there are some people who who think that these types, this type of thing is disruptive. You mm-hmm. have your, and I hate to call this man doctor, but Umar, nurse Umar, I don't respect him. You know, mm-hmm. you've got him out there, you know, pretty much Hotep, who loves to talk about how black women are pawns of the white man and were used to, you know, destroy the black man and how they've changed the narrative of the sexual assault of slaves by the slave masters into a beneficial relationship um, for black women and the white man to demasculate the black man. You know, all kinds of stuff happens. It's been said over years. But um, I thought that, you know, there really is never a good time to really talk about these things. So I would encourage people that when you see articles like this that are talking about, like, wait a minute, black women were, and then this is pretty much what the article's talking about. Let me, let me stop right here and kind of catch up. Um, basically, it was an activist. Her name, let me see, was, um, I think I better read it. In here, let me see, let me find her name really quickly. Ashley Shackelford. So basically, she said, dear black men, cisgender and straight, 
while you're busy not fighting for us, remember that you're killing us too. We ain't fighting for y'all no more until you stop killing us, until you start centering the violence, trauma, and pain we suffer by anti-black misogynistic violence. This is a new black future. Mm-hmm. So basically a few days ago she um, publicly held black men accountable for their lack of support during the more recent killings of black women. Um, the black male response to the police killing of Corinne Gaines on August 1st has been particularly disheartening for many black women. Um, pretty much uh, it goes to explain that Gaines was killed in her home during a standoff with the police um, right. and has been dismissed by many black men as a crazy woman who deserved her end. Even as questions remain about why a few ticket violations resulted in police showing up to Gaines' door and why, when she was detained by police in March, she was allegedly denied food and water. So adding insult to injury, Gaines allowed her partner to escape through the back with her youngest child while she continued to face off with the police. She stood by her black man to the end, only to be largely ridiculed and panned by black men in her death. So um, I think there's some validity in this where we see that when um, a black man is in an altercation with a police officer or a white male, um, black men usually have to defend themselves twofold, first from the initial assault, but then from the attack on their character afterwards. Like, oh, he was, you know, in an altercation with the police, well, he must have done something. Or, you know, how he's black, so you know how those people are. So there's always that assumption that you were automatically wrong. But right. when that happens, it's usually black women who are like, no, that's not it. The first one's jumping up saying, no, that's not what happened. The bottom line is that, you know, he was, you know, he may not necessarily be the most lawful person, but in this instance, he was acting lawfully um, and his rights were violated. So you fight for that. Mm-hmm. But with this one, and I even saw it. When it's a black woman who's on the other end of having, say, her her rights violated, the narrative is then, and sometimes it's disheartening because some of the loudest voices are black men. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's crazy. Oh, she did this. Or, you know, black women, y'all got all that mouth. So, oh, that's what happens. No, what happened? What she thinks what happens? You step to a man and, and it's like, okay, you're now you're making excuses. When regardless of the situation, right is right and wrong is wrong. So, you know, like they were talking about in Chicago, they had a candlelight visual for Rakia Boyd, and no one showed up. But mind you, when it's a man, a black male who's killed by police violence, everyone shows up. Right. So I'm just using these as an example to just kind of show that there is a disparity in the support that black women receive versus the the support, excuse me, that they give. So I think some of that is because a lot of um, men don't understand privilege. And I think that even though we're minorities, we have to understand our privilege as well. Mm -hmm. For example, if you're a straight black man, you have privilege in society um, because we live in a patriarchal society where, you know, men are held in a higher esteem. So in some certain instances, you have privilege. So, for example, I was actually talking to my friend who's got three sons. And so we were kind of talking one evening, and it's, you know, the conversation kind of turned into um, sexual assault and things like that. And so he had made a comment, so I challenged him, and I was like, okay, the next time you're, you know, home and you're talking to your um, your significant other, and he lives with her, 
I was like, ask her what steps does she take when she leaves the house to avoid sexual assault? And he was like, he paused from it. I mean, he was like, I was like, yes, ask her what she does. What is her routine? Mm-hmm. And listen to the list that she, she gives because she has a list. Every woman has a list. Mm-hmm. Because from the time you were old enough to know, as a woman, you were told, park under the streetlight. Don't, yeah. you know, go out by yourself. Make sure you're with someone. Don't dress mm-hmm. a certain way. Don't talk mm-hmm. a certain way. Don't drink too much. Don't do this. Don't. We know the list of what to do to avoid sexual assault. But on the flip side, if you ask your average male, what were you taught to prevent rape, they'll look at you like, um, no means no. <laughs> But it's like, do you know about coercion? Do you know, you know, that consent can be given and taken away regardless right. of where you are in the middle of the sexual act itself? No matter what she has on. Right. So, you know, I think, you know, for a lot of people, what we're seeing, because a lot of this stuff is coming to a head in this climate, that, number one, it's coming out very fast. I think that there are a lot of people who are stuck in their ways and have been thinking this way for a long time. So a lot of these new concepts and theories are very challenging to them mm-hmm. because, you know, you were taught this is what you're supposed to be, and it's hard that it's hard to accept that, first of all, what you were taught may have been wrong, mm-hmm. that you may have been handed down something very ignorant, and that what you were handed down is not only harmful to other people but yourself, and that you have to unlearn it. And right. that is very difficult, and that is a very hard process to come to. Some people can't even, you know, stop themselves from sleeping with the wrong person. So how do you think they're going to really talk themselves out of, you know, being misogynist or anything like that? <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is that it can be done. And if you are so inclined, I encourage you to look up intersectionality. Intersectionality is pretty much where my oppression meets. Um, it's pretty much like the intersection where my oppression meets basically because I am black I am a woman Mm -hmm. therefore I face issues of discrimination against black people and I also face discrimination that is levied against women Mm -hmm. therefore being a black woman I get double the discrimination so I can be discriminated against a white man or a black man because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I can get discriminated against by a white woman or um, another woman of color because I'm black. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it goes both, like, it, 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 it's a lot, pretty much. Right. And so it's like, okay, with black women, you know, while we're saying, you know, we're here, we support you, despite the rap songs you make about how ugly we are, <laughs> we still out here caping for you, but if something happens to us, if we're sexually assaulted, or you got these Twitter niggers out here <laughs> tweeting terrible stuff about black women all day, but no one stands up in their defense, speak out against it. It's you know, it's, it's very disheartening. And so I would challenge you know some males, you know, if you saw are so inclined to look into you know the privilege you may have, look into some of the things that you know women go through that you may not even experience in your life and understand that. It's very similar. Um, it's very interesting, rather. It's not similar, but it's interesting. You know, I've talked to black men who were like, you know, the police pulled me over, and I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, I didn't do anything. Da, 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 da. That's messed up. Blah, 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 blah. It's the but same, same token. Yeah. <laughs> 
if I do something, they say, well, what you think was going to happen? You should have did that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I was just walking down the street, and he tried to talk to me, and I told him I didn't want to talk, and then all of a sudden he starts cursing me out and calling me all kinds of names. Right. I didn't do anything. So it's right. like you, there's a blind spot for them. It's like you understand how discrimination works when it affects you. Mm-hmm. But you don't take the time or need to take the time to understand how discrimination affects me and how, you know, I, I am I am working double time. So intersectionality is the word of the day. Look it up. Figure out what it means. <laughs> and try to do better and be better. I would inspire you to do that. But, you right. know, a lot of the things that have been happening, you know, lately, um, it's really, it's, this is a, the, one of the most interesting times I've seen. I've only experienced three decades, bless my soul. But um, I'm interested to see how far this goes and how far we progress because I don't see this movement, movement stopping or dying down anytime soon. Oh, no. It's it's going to get bigger, you know, and it, it, change is going to be made. It, there's no choice at this point. Right. You either, yeah, really. Or you get ran over, unfortunately. Change or die. But that's pretty much because most of the people who subscribe to racist ideology are limited. Yeah. And you don't you don't go certain places, you don't want to do certain things because you're racist. Right. So you're really missing out and kind of, you know, putting yourself in a box where you're becoming useless. Um but you know, what I, the, my favorite part about what's happening is um now that people are really starting to support black owned businesses. I'm I'm yeah. here for this whole movement. Um nice. and I've I've done that um, I have a lot of friends who are entrepreneurs, and I, I'll sow a seed into their business, um, no yeah. problem. But I'm even loving more. Well, no, actually, I started this a long time ago. I stopped supporting celebrities who mm-hmm. um, had issues. Because it just seemed like for a long time in the 90s, it was okay for black artists to just say, oh, racism dying out those people who are racist, they'll be dead in a generation, the new generation, they listen to rap music, they like me, they buy my CDs, it's okay. You know, we're all one. And I think they've been on that for a long time. Yeah. And there's a lot of rap, a lot of people that I stopped supporting and listening to entertainment-wise because it's like, no, you cannot all lives matter this situation anymore. Now, there are some people who are late to the game, they're starting to get hip, like, okay, yeah, this is real. And they're starting to speak out which I really appreciate. But, you know, of course, there's still people who just don't get it and want to be new black, and that's fine, but I will not support you and purchase any of your stuff. Can't do it. And that goes for white artists, too. If you're a white artist and you have elements of black culture in your music and in your art and you can't say Black Lives Matter, I don't want to hear from you. Absolutely. Like, no, you're not for me. If you're engaged in my culture in any way and you can't say you know, black is beautiful, um, stop killing us, retweet someone with a message or about a movement, you know, pretending to black people, I cannot support you. And it's so, and I feel so much better now mm-hmm. because, you know, there are a lot like, okay, so today, um, or actually yesterday, I was watching the video Coon by Willie D. I love Ghetto Boys. I love Willie D. I've always loved Willie D. Um, <laughs> he's always entertained me. But he made a song called Coon, and he was pretty much saying, like, if you are a person of color, if you, he was like, if you are a person of color, period, and you support Donald Trump, he was like, you're a coon. 
He was like, if you're black and you carry water for white man, he was like, you're clean. Like, he was just, he was laying it out there. Now, while he's doing this, he's being very problematic because he's referring to Charles Barkley as a cross-dresser and talking about how Don Lemon got poked in the booty. But it was like that very homophobic. Now oh, it's so damn homophobic. He was dropping bars like, yeah, like this is how you, you, you blame him. Like, this is your cool behavior. This is why you're cool. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I can't win. <laughs> You can't like you can't be you can't be anti racist and homophobic. It doesn't work that way. Because there are black gay people. If you are for black people, you are for black gay people. You are for black people. Period. It doesn't matter what they do. Exactly that, and that's why intersectionality <laughs> is so important. Like you, you just can't do that. Sorry. I uh, listen, but I thoroughly enjoyed the song. I cringe. I totally cringe. Like when he was talking about Raven Simone. And it looks like Bill Cosby must have drugged you. I was like, oh, Jesus. No. Yes, he said it. But he was, at the same time, he was ripping into her righteously. Like, yes, everything he was saying about her, how simple she is, how knuckleheaded she is for the stuff she says with you. But then he turned right around and he said some, oh, Jesus. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm trying. It's like everyone's problematic. And it's like, that's the fucked up part about being woke. It's like, when you're woke, you're like, God damn, everything's terrible. Right. <laughs> it's like, you're like, God damn, like, you can't enjoy anything because it's like, there's, it's problematic. And, you know, it's funny because I was watching um, Monster Squad on Netflix, um, uh, watching it like uh, maybe about a year ago. And I love that movie. It came out in, like, 1986, and I watched it when I was a kid. So I watched it again, you know, as an adult, like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be great. And I didn't realize how many times, like, when you go back and watch old 80s movies, mm-hmm. the F word is just everywhere. Yeah. Everything's the F word. Everyone's the F word. Go back and watch Revenge of the Nerds. Like, every, oh, gosh, it's everywhere. And it's like, okay, there was a point in time where saying – the F word was okay. We did it in TV, we did it in song, and now it is not. Now, very rarely will you hear anyone utter the words. And surprisingly, even rappers figured out, you know, that, hey, maybe you should stop saying it. And honestly, I don't I don't think it was okay back then. I just think no one spoke up. Well, yeah, I think also during those times, you know, that's just the way things were. You were not out of the closet. You were in the closet. Right. And so... Um, it's just really interesting, you know, becoming, you know, more aware and engaged, especially in social justice issues. Mm-hmm. But there is a fine line, and no one's perfect. And I, it's it's interesting because um, I think it was uh, about this time last year I stopped watching police videos when someone, when a black man was being murdered. I had to stop. I think it was mm-hmm. Sam Dubois. Dubois. He was shot in the head on film, and it was like, you know what, I can't watch this. I'm going on Facebook. I'm going on Twitter. I'm trying to go to social media. I'm trying to, you know, log in and, you know, do some Twitter rat shit, just, you know, have fun. And I'm bombarded with these images of watching people die, and it was just to the point where it's like, I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. Because you're protesting. You're taken to the street. We got George Zimmerman on trial. We went to, we protested with Gina Six. Like, we, you know, we're marching, and these people are still walking free. 
mm-hmm. um, it's very, very difficult to be aware and to be let down that much, especially when it's, you know, you're fighting for human rights. Right. And so it's a fine line. So it's like once you are aware and you see it, it's like um, as James Baldwin said, to be aware, to be a Negro in this country and to be aware or awake is to be in a constant rage, which is and- true. Yeah, that's how I feel on a daily basis to where I just have to check out at times. I really, uh, with the Alton Sterling uh, murder, I completely lost it. Like, I just, I had the hardest time with that, and I don't, I don't know why, but I just, I just, I cried that whole entire day. I just, I cried. Like, I went to work that morning, and I was upset. I was visibly upset, and I just, I, I had at one point I, I had I told my supervisor like I can't I can't deal I need to go home I don't feel well and I just I had to log out of social media I just could not deal with it and it's like mm-hmm. I can't log out from being black you just you can't there's no days off and nope. like your mental health really suffers when it comes to this it's like I you know being black is like being the public enemy number one mm-hmm. and, and it's, I, it's for what. Right, right. I think that's the part of it for me. It's like I can't understand it. Like, you know, I hear this all the time, you know, white people. I didn't own any slaves. It's not fair. And it's like, you know what, I didn't pick no patent, but I fit the description, so fuck it. Exactly. This is where we're at. This is where you, we're at. <laughs> okay. You see me, you know, you see me as that ghetto girl. You know, it's just like... Uh, you just don't stop trying to make it seem like what we're feeling is not true. Yeah. It just it's it. But at the same time, I realize that a lot of this stuff is very overwhelming to white people. The stuff that no, was done no. it was that horrific that it's absolutely overwhelming for them to sit down and and think like, Wow, this is how I came to be here. I'm not exceptional. I'm not right. really all that smart. I'm just white. <laughs> It's very overwhelming, so it's sad, woo woo woo. But no, mm-hmm. we we have to we we the destination is freedom, and we're not going to stop till you get there. So right. I'm I'm feeling it, but at times I do check out. I do get overwhelmed. Yeah. I do practice self care, and I'll just you know go listen to some trap music and just do something else. Yeah, totally different. Um, and give myself breaks, but also it's really hard because of the the understanding for intersectionality is not there it's not fully there yet. But I think it's on its way. But it's so important, you know, that we really connect these dots, you know, even in the feminist movement, you know, I've never considered myself a feminist. I believe um black women actually were womanist. They created womanism. Mhm. And, you know, you think about, you know, black women for centuries, they worked outside of the home. <laughs> you know, they've had struggled, they've struggled with health care and trying to secure, you know, decent housing and stuff. And like all this stuff that, you know, a lot of women who are just starting to, you know, work for these things in the 20th century, even doing this for centuries. But yet, mm-hmm. even still, we're still behind because there's an intersection. There's feminism, and then there's being a black, there's being a woman of color. Right. And there are issues that Latino women experience that I may not even be privy to because, you know, definitely they're extremely vulnerable um, given the politicized immigration issue 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're also vulnerable because, you know, being undocumented. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can do anything to them, and there's nothing anyone can do or say anything about it to stop it, first and foremost, because they don't want to be questioned about, you know, their naturalization paperwork and all that other kind of stuff. So right. they, they face a lot of dangers and issues. But, you know, when we talk about feminism, they're not in that conversation. Or when we talk yeah. about feminism, the issues that African-American women face, you know, police brutality is one of them. We get brutalized by the police as well. The um, DOJ, when they released their um, report about Baltimore, it clearly pointed out how, you know, Baltimore police officers routinely um, coerce women to have sex in order to avoid charges, you know, which ultimately, you know, they rape women in the community. Right. You know, and this happens, oh, police rape women all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talk, we're, we're, we're standing up, we're saying Black Lives Matter, but I can't talk about like, hey, you know, yes, you know, black man, the police will shoot you, but, you know, I'm lucky if he shoots me. He may brutalize me even in a, in a worse kind of way where I wish I was dead. You know, but I have to live with this. Like, we don't get to talk about that. And it's very, 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 there, there needs to be a bit more outlet, definitely. I think that that's something that I, I really do enjoy now, that, um, it seems like people are no longer looking to major news networks for their news. People are going out and seeking their information themselves, That's and they're crazy. disseminating it. So I'm really for that. I think that everyone deserves to have a space and a place where they can be heard and they can work through, you know, their issues and things. So I'm, but I'm only interested, you know, at this point in being in spaces where it is first and foremost for black people, mm-hmm. but it is, you know, it's an open space where intersectionality is welcome. Right. And you won't be talked down. Right. Girl, so yes. More inspiration on intersectionality. Look it up. Look into it, what it is. As Gooch says, it's not my job to educate you. Google is free and 24-7, so. (laughs) You can look this up if you are so inclined. (laughs) Go get it yourself. (laughs) It's out there. It's out there. Okay, each one, each one. <laughs> well, that's pretty much um, the concept. So that's that. I right, let me back up out of my article and go back to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is part of the show where you get to talk about some gay shit. You know. You know what? It's not even long. I just want y'all to know that gay people can get married in all 50 states now. Woo, woo. So oh, there's shit. that. There's okay. that. Also, we can adopt in all 50 states. So, woo, woo. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited. I might go out here and get some little Asian babies. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, go on rate for them right now. But um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to hit up Angelina Jolie and Brad and see how much they got for theirs. But I Shut think up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I yeah I think I want a little Asian baby. So <laughs> you gonna adopt an Asian baby? You know what? Not when there's a little black girl who needs to be adopted and she needs some loving cornrows. Don't do this. Have a little black girl. I listen. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to save all the little POCs, and so I'm gonna give me a little Asian baby, and you know we're 
I'm going to love him or her so well. Like, they're going to be woke. They're going to be the wokest little Asian baby ever. <laughs> Just wow. fresh off the boat. Take your fresh off the boat, the little chubby kid. That's my baby. <laughs> What the hell up? Not fresh off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh my that, gosh. That's it. So yeah. I'm coming to an adoption agency near you. Be mm-hmm. ready. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> it wasn't much I didn't see much today with gay stuff, so you know, mm-hmm. I'm something happen. It's it's something oh. always as we move forward, though, tell me more about what you want to do with, with this part of the show and why you want to do it. Um, I think it'll just be, um, it'll be, of course, just, you know, any gay headlines that stick out to me. Um, and also be like, I need people to understand how to maneuver around the LGBT community. And I need, you know, People don't look gay. People don't act gay. Um, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a lifestyle. Um, you know, and there are questions that you wouldn't ask a straight person. You shouldn't ask a gay person either. And I, you know, so these these topics will come up, you know, throughout this podcast because it, people need to know. And I, I just feel like some people just don't know. So this is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna educate people. Mm-hmm. It's not my job, but I'm gonna do it. So you got time for this subject, right? For this one, but y'all gonna have to do the other part on y'all. So <laughs> some people, some people just really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, asked me because um, I'm bisexual, and so um, my mom was like, "Okay, so you're in a relationship with a woman, and what if you start liking a man?" And you want to, you know, what if you date this man? I'm like, no, I can't do that because I'm in a relationship. So that'd be cheating. Just like if you're in a relationship with a man and you date another man, you've cheated on your man. So it's the same. It operates the same. It's just different body parts. So I, I don't, I don't know. I just think some people don't realize this. So this, these are things that need to come up and need to be addressed and will be addressed as we progress. Okay, because Gucci got time for that shit. She was like, listen, y'all not going to be coming to me in the streets all sideways. Listen, she walked down. up. I had my co and she, you know what? She violated me twice. She violated me on an All Lives Matter type situation a couple weeks ago, and she violated me mm-hmm. on gay shit. And she was just like, yeah, you know, we're not friends on Facebook, but I'm friends with somebody who's friends with you, and I see that you're in a relationship with a woman. You don't look gay. Oh. And I'm just like, what the fuck does gay look like? <laughs> so, oh, that's the one who said um, Filipino lives matter? No, this what is the you? one who told me, who made a joke about, now this was a few days after Alton Sterling, and she was around some white people. I was at my cubicle minding my business, and she was like, all bros matter, right, Sherry? And I was just like, the fuck? And okay. even, even the white people were like, girl, what are you doing? Like, what? Like, even the white people were woke and was like, no, we can't 
Like, you won't have to leave this area talking like that. Like, they weren't even, they weren't even on her side. Like, not one person cracked a laugh. Like, it was just, like, the record skipped. Like, are you oh. serious? The bad part about it is that she's from Jordan. So, you're one of us. Mm. Whether so, you recognize it or not. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it's her. <laughs> it's her. I'm just, uh, I don't talk to her. Like, I talk to her as far as work, but other than that, there's no more communications on my part. We used to go to spin class on Saturday mornings. I'm good. Like, I don't I don't need to hang with you. I don't need to do any of that because you obviously don't understand. A lot of people what, don't realize that, you know, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. And mm-hmm. um, when I see guys, post things that are, you know, videos of guys getting women or um, those Cosby memes. Jesus Christ, I unfollowed a lot of people. You know, you have to clean up your space Yeah. people who, who violate in certain ways because they're not going to change. Especially if you say something to, to them about it and they're just, like, very dismissive about how you feel or what the, your concern is. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely have to, you know, get in the habit of, you know, removing people from your space who are not going to respect it. And right. it's okay if you cultivate or curate your space where the people who are in it are, you know, they're only saying the most positive, you know, reaffirming things. Like, you don't need to hear or see all this ignorance all the time. You really can, you know, disengage and disconnect. It's really okay. Right. You know, but, yeah, that's, yeah, that's like, she's, but it's, it's, it's sad that, unfortunately, she just, I don't know if she's comfortable or if she just doesn't get it. But she's just, she's, every time you talk about her, it's like, wow, she's really offensive. Like, what's wrong with her? Yeah. I think it's, um, so when she she first started, it was, um, she would say things and then she'd say, I'm a foreigner. Don't, don't pay me any money. I'm a foreigner. And we let that slide. And now it's like we shouldn't have let that slide. We, we, it wasn't funny then. Um, it's, it's definitely not funny now. And so, no, you can't use the excuse that you're a foreigner because, you know, when you get on a plane, you being a foreigner is an issue. Mm-hmm. So you should take the same, you know, you should take that same idea and apply it here. And, yeah, sometimes you have to look at some people like, you know better. I know you know better because if you are going through customs right now and they pulled you out the line because of your last name, oh, you get it. Right. So exactly. you understand what I'm going through. Yeah, and it's even people of color, they can be out of pocket. And you can mm-hmm. you have to check other people of color. You know, it's it's crazy. But, you know, for, yeah, it, but that was offensive anyway. Because right. first and foremost, I unfriended you on Facebook. So you were looking on Facebook and you see my profile somewhere else. First of all, don't talk to me about what you saw on Facebook. I don't right. follow you anymore. We <laughs> were never friends. She actually went through someone else that I'm friends with. So yeah, you were just, yeah, you were just you were snooping, doing the most. Or she saw it, saw that person like the picture, and it popped up in her feed because she could see what they like, and then yeah. she just wanted to have a reason to say something to you. But I mean, it's not her damn business. And in right. the workplace, like you know better. Where at work, don't go there. Mhm. Yeah, but that's, yeah, people people say a lot of flagrant things, you know. But, you know, but definitely please enlighten and educate on LBGTQ um, issues. 
as you see fit, this is a safe space. We accept all people here. And, yeah, you know, we accept the ratchet. We accept the, you know, <laughs> the, the wolf. The only people who are not accepted here are our hotels. You cannot be a hotel unless not, I don't like it. And if you're a hotel and you listen, to, you happen to hear this episode and you have something to say, don't write, don't call. We don't care. Don't. Or just so I can curse you out. <laughs> Gooch has time for that. Yes. Me, yep. I'm delete. I'm not interested. I don't want to hear it. I don't care what you're <laughs> So before we go, uh, we have a few more minutes left. You want to talk about the book club? Um, yeah, we can. Okay, I'm, I'm, okay so, first, background, background. Let's go over the book. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> My cousin wrote a book, you guys. <laughs> and it's a true story. Um, It's about her life and I guess how she maneuvered in these streets to get what she wants. Um. It's nasty. It's pretty disgusting. It's called Keeping My Options Open by Felicia M. Scott. Go get you one. It's on Amazon. If you got Amazon what, Prime, I think, or Kindle, then you get it for free. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. You yeah. get it for free if you're on, um, what is that club? Um, Unlimited. Kindle Unlimited. No, Unlimited, yes. So you have that. You can get it for free. Otherwise, I think it's like $10, no more than $10. Um, and it's a very easy read. Okay, I won't say easy. It's a very, um, help me out, Samara. <laughs> help me out. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm reading the book. And um, first and foremost, surprisingly, she writes pretty good. You so much food literature, hunty. This she, now, okay. She does not use a damn comma to save her life. But I've sat through Cherry McMillan's Mama. She did no way. Was it Mama or was it House Filler Got Her? What book was it that Cherry McMillan wrote back in the nineties and did not use a damn comma? Oh, so, honey, no. Well, that was her first book. It don't count. She was new. She was new. And you'll count that new. However, my cousin is a teacher. She should know that. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, all the children left behind. Oh, no. Well, she should know better. She's sick. <laughs> I'm going to give y'all some of this right fast. Because, see, y'all need to know. So, pretty much... <laughs> Let me pull this up because I'm in another book club, and so I'm reading like 50 books at once. It's just out of it. It's Keeping My Options Open by Felicia M. Scott, okay? So the book starts off with um, the main character, Isis, right? Yes. Isis is a young um, 20-something. She's got it going on. She's got her own house, her own car, I-N-D-E-P-E and all that, you know what that means. So um, she's an LPN, a licensed practitioner nurse, or nurse practitioner, LMP girl, come through, recall. So um, (laughs) basically she's talking about how her life philosophy is to keep her options open. She has three main dudes, the three dick pieces, as I like to call them, 
Mm-hmm. Um, one is a thug dude. One is her main dude, and the other one is a married dude. So she kind of explains that the thug dude is good for her because he don't want nothing but to just be a thug. And after he's done hugging the blog, eventually he'll make time to come hug her. Um, the main dude, who is Marcus, um, he's the one that she kind of had on her little string as he wasn't as good in bed as the others, but he was reliable, dependable, he kind of had his shit together, so, you know, she was going to keep him around for the long haul. Um, the only thing was just that he didn't satisfy her sexually uh, like the others did, which, honey, it happens. life. So um, then there was a married dude who she really, she didn't particularly really like him. She just enjoyed having sex with him because, you know, it was a part of her game plan, no frills, no connections, you know, I get in and I get out. Issues with the wife, that's his problem. So um, she's explaining how, you know, you know where she's coming from and what she's into. And, you know, one day she's at work, and all of a sudden, the main, you know, some woman walks in, talks about her friends, got into an accident, and, you know, she's no room there, and she points the lady through the direction. But then all of a sudden comes in Marcus, like, where did my wife go? And that's how she found out that Marcus had run off to the Justice of the Peace earlier that day and got married. Mind you, she was just sleeping with him that week. Mm-hmm. So she finds all this out at work, and she, you know, as, as a woman after my own heart, she goes to the bathroom, busts a couple nights, and then goes back and finishes her, her shift and just decides to go fuck her, one of her other dick pieces. And I'm like, yes, yes. It's like, just, you know, you make it work. This is your life. So <laughs> where I am now, she's gone out to find a replacement for Marcus, and she's bumped into Kevin. And Kevin is a pediatrician, and um, they are in Georgetown on a weekend getaway, and they've decided, you know, they definitely want to get to know each other better, and so it has begun. How does that work? (laughs) That's wonderful. You did a very good job. (laughs) Because, like, this is my cousin. Listen, you look drag, huh? Do what you got to do. Sit down. What's up? I'm like, like I said, surprisingly, like, this is, okay, it's still not as ratchet as I thought it was going to be, but it's, I'm still very early in the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just, it makes me so uncomfortable because it's like, I shouldn't know any of this about you. Uh-oh, this is your cousin's story about her life. Yes, this is true. This is autobiographical. <laughs> Pretty much, but I mean, some things are not, you know, names are different. To the, you the know, names haven't changed to protect the guilty. Or the guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like their um, employment is not the same, but. Yeah, like, I just feel so uncomfortable reading this. Why? Like, cause can you pinpoint certain times in your cousin's life that she's telling her story? You're like, ooh, I remember him. That was no. so oh, okay. Because this is my older cousin. So, like, she's way older than me. She's, like, she's my mom's age. So... I don't, like, I have an idea of who that could be, but I don't, I just don't know. 
Mm. I have no clue. And I'm wondering, like, who, what, like, I could think of two guys, but I don't, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm trying to figure out. I've been asking around the family, you know, what's going on, trying to get the details. I just, child, I shouldn't know this much about her. <laughs> but this is like old school auntie hoeing tactic, girl. This is this is the blueprint right here. You don't want to know? Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I don't like. I don't want to read this. I don't want to read. I snuck and popped a few Altoids in my mouth as he lay down, and I licked his chest, moving down to his rock hard dick. There's nothing yes. that I pretty ass big brown dick hitting me on my ass he begged I said sit on it not yet but I gotcha like I don't want to read that oh I don't <laughs> well she's not my auntie but I'm a reader <laughs> I was reading it I was like oh child but no I have to find out like what, okay because no this is what I have to find out this is what sold me after Marcus pulled that stunt his sister called her like girl you can't let this happen. Like, she dished all the tea about Marcus's business in this girl, how she tricked him into marrying him and getting him down the aisle. I need to know more about what, what happened with that. Like, how did Marcus get to this point? But at the same time now, I don't even care about Marcus. I'm like, get with Kevin, girl. But something yeah. happened at that hotel bar in Georgetown where I had now. I got to give him the side eye. Like, who are these folks? A real-life prostitute just came up here and tried to hit her home, girl, and she had to cut you out about how much she likes dick and how she always takes dick and don't ever put no puss in her face. I don't know. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. It's oh, too much. And I can totally see her saying this stuff. <laughs> she went brutal off. Like, wait a minute. Like, I know you didn't just, you know, flirt with her in front of me. And he was like, no, she was sitting on you. And I just let her know not to try it because you with me. I was like, oh, my God, who is she? And what? (laughs) Trash. And I'm here for all of it. Yes. Listen, I'm glad y'all are here for it. I'm, you know, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to help her do what she needs to do. My light just went out. <laughs> I'm going to help her do what she needs to do. You know, I'm going to plug this book on her behalf. Um, so y'all get this book on Amazon. No more than $10. It's quick and easy. Ain't no chapters. Size there 48. are no chapters. And I really yeah. was just like, honey. Because you were like, well, okay, when we initially started this and we were planning, we were saying, okay, we'll do the book club and we'll read a chapter a week and recap a chapter each week. And as I'm reading the book, trying to prepare, it dawns on me, why am I still not seeing a chapter break? Honey, there are no chapters. And I said, you know what? Trash! And I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for there all of it. Break, but there are um, stethoscopes in between sections. So I don't know okay. that cost the chapter. Um or what? I don't think so. Anyway. She's getting her life, you know. She's a literary genius. Listen, it wasn't as bad. Her grammar wasn't as bad as Yeah, I it could have been. Yeah. Who knows? This could be a New York Times bestseller. You never know. 
<laughs> no, it won't, but it's going to entertain me. Yeah, <laughs> her Omar Tyree. I am not mad at her. Listen, let her flourish, honey. Flourish, yeah. mama. Flourish all the way. Because yeah. I, I'm still entertained. I'm still going to read it. Um, a, but I have to know more about Kevin. <laughs> I'm going to try to power through. I, I might get a little seasick, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. You did, so you sound like 50 Cent, Auntie, when she had to call him and curse him out. Like, Curtis, I watched your show Power on Saturday. And you sitting in the kitchen jerking your dick, and I didn't see the tip of your dick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm still laughing at that. I can't imagine. Because I was watching it, and I was like, look at this skinny little dick. And I thought it was a prosthetic, and now he's telling everybody it wasn't a prosthetic. It was a real dick. So, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't want my auntie seeing that. You don't want to know how your auntie got down and conceived half your cousin. Mm-mm. I'm good. Her okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sobered up. So, um, <laughs> just gonna put a pen in this right here. So this is. The Cooking the Gooch, Cooking and Gooch, Cooking and Gooch show. We don't have an intro yet, but as soon as we get one, it's going to be fire. Mark yes. my words. Um, <laughs> we're, we're working progress, okay? Yeah, y'all be all right, for real. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again. <laughs> and you got a problem with it, feel free to donate. Feel free to send me <laughs> an intro or, you know, volunteer to edit some stuff if you have a feeling that you it's not going the way you think it should go volunteer your services or shut the hell up that's those are your options I was getting ready to say or don't because that's like yeah that's what you let a nigga know like you could do this or don't <laughs> for the low low price of fifty nine ninety five. <laughs> you can shut the fuck up like <laughs> all day every day rolling back prices oh <laughs> Put that in your blue light special. <laughs> so, <laughs> so next week um, we'll be back and uh, we'll have some more shit to talk about with y'all. But um, listen, if you like it, share with a friend. I don't know we're here and, and we'll be here. Don't share with a friend anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just, if you ridiculous. Still share it. Hate watch it. Hate listen. I don't care. Just do it. <laughs> hate listen. Okay. Oh, you my are. goodness. All right. On that note, we did it. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye. <laughs>